the shadows you win every battle nothing can stand against the power of our god almighty fortress you go before
I love that song so much. Let's go ahead and play it today. You guys stand with us and let's celebrate the King of the ages, our Lord Jesus the Christ. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise, treasures that fade, I never know. But then you came along, put me back together. Every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing. Nothing is better than you. I'm not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and flaws. Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Cause the God of the mountains is the God of the Yeah. 
Yes, and amen. You guys have a seat for a minute. Let's check out this week's announcements. Well, good morning, Southview. Uh, we are so excited to have you come and worship with us today. Here are your big three announcements for the week. If you're interested in becoming a member here at Southview, we would love for you to sign up for our new members class. In our class, you get a chance to learn what it's like to be committed to a body of believers. Our next class is coming up just around the corner, September 10th. Uh, there will also be two additional classes on the 17th and the 24th. And so we would love for you to get connected to that. If you want to, uh, please sign up for that by texting the word MEMBER to 910-424-1298. Have you ever actually wondered, how do I read the Bible? Or what does it look like for me to be a godly husband or a godly wife? Sometimes we think we have answers, but... When we actually sit down and, and think about it, we realize we don't actually know. And so what we want to help you do here at Southview is we want to connect you to God's Word and find answers to these truths. And we try to do that through a series of classes that we call our Equip classes. And these meet at multiple times and multiple days throughout the week. And they're actually kicking back off real soon on September 10th. And so if you want to get plugged into any of those classes, we ask you just text the word EQUIP to 910424. 1298. We are always looking to get more people plugged into and serving in our youth ministry. If that's something that you feel a calling towards or that you've thought about before but you weren't quite sure what all that went into it or what it was about, we would love for you to join us for our Prospective Youth Leaders meeting on September 3rd. That's going to be immediately following our 11 a.m. service in the youth room. Uh, if you would please just text the word youth to sign up for that. We also encourage everybody to download our Southview Baptist Church app. You can find it on iTunes or Google Play, and it really helps you stay connected to the body. You can see announcements on there. You can check out sermon notes. You can watch it online with our different messages. So really, if you haven't downloaded the Southview Baptist Church app, download it today. There's also multiple ways for you to give here at Southview. You can either give online through our app or at the offering boxes as you exit the sanctuary. If you're a guest visiting with us today, man, we're so excited that you're here and we want to get to know you. And one of the best ways that you can help us do that is by texting the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298. This allows us just to get a chance to know you, to put a face to your name, to learn how we can pray for you. And this also allows Pastor Brad to reach out to you personally. And we would love just to get a chance to do that. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We're so excited you're here, and we can't wait to see what God's going to do. Again, a lot of wonderful things going on in the church, and we encourage you to, if you're not already plugged into a journey group or if you've never taken any of the equip classes, I certainly encourage you to do so. Stand with us, and let's continue to sing of Christ and his love.
tell your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it louder, for nothing has the power to save. Because you don't know them. And so it produces 
emotionalism based on experiences within the day that may go good, that may go bad, but it's based on just an emotion. But if you have just the head knowledge, if you have just the scriptural basis but no love of Christ, then our worship can be dry and stale, can become very religious, if you will. And so what what our goal here is, church, is to marry the two. And you simply cannot know Christ unless you study his word. And the more you study and the more you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you, then my love for him, your love for him grows, right? And that's the heart of a worshiper. That's what he wants. So we sing the song, The Heart of Worship, to sort of take us back to that moment. So my hope for us during the next three or four minutes is that you would just take time to stand in awe of Christ. Do you know the God that you proclaim? Worship him with all your heart, submitting fully to him so that he might be glorified. Let's sing. Yeah. 
thank you. We thank you that it is truly all just about you. I ask you, Lord God, that you would just speak to your people today, that your spirit move for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Southview. How are we? All right. If you're a guest with us today, my name is Brad. I am the pastor here at Southview. And it is great to have you worshiping with us here today. If you have a Bible, let's find the book of Matthew chapter 28. We'll hit there in just a second, Matthew 28. Before we do that, a couple of quick things I want to highlight for you. I want to burn into your brain the date of September 10th. All right, September 10th is two weeks from today. It's kind of the, the, the official launch into the fall for us as a church. And so, got several things going on on September 10th I want you to be aware of, all right? Number one, we've already, a couple of things are already in the announcement video. One, our new members class is going to begin September 10th. Um, if you have been visiting with us and uh, you'd like to know a little bit more about our church, about anything about how we do things and what, uh, what we see as the vision of what God has for us here, we'd love for you to sign up to be part of that. You can... Text the word MEMBER to our number, 910-424-1298, to sign up for that. Uh, also, uh, our equip classes begin on September 10th. These classes do exactly what uh, the title says that they do. They seek to equip you in the faith. Uh, how to live the Christian faith, walk with Jesus, grow in Jesus. You can sign up for those by texting the word EQUIP uh, uh, to our number as well, 910-424-1298, uh, to find out about that. Um, and then uh, last thing I want to let you know about, starting September 10th, we're going to begin a new sermon series called Design God's Plan for Sex. 
Well, he got really quiet when I said that. Uh, so, uh, so sort of like the first rule of Fight Club is never talk about Fight Club. Uh, the first rule of church is never talk about sex. Uh, and, and here's the thing. Uh, the world is thirsty. And if the church does not give them living water to drink, they'll drink out of the toilet just fine. And that's, in essence, what's happening when it comes to sex and sexuality in our society. I think in a lot of ways the church has abdicated that conversation uh, and stepped away. And then it's just the void has gotten filled with just garbage and nonsense and, and just wickedness. And, and so what we want to do is take four weeks. We're going to be September 10th. We're going to go four weeks. Week one, we're going to lay out God's plan for sex within covenant marriage. Why that? What that? Why? What's God doing in all that? What's the purpose of that? And then for the three weeks following, we're going to each week tackle a significant way in which our society distorts that. We're going to see how that distortion is not only wrong, but very dangerous, and how we want to see that set right. So first week, again, we're going to talk about God's design uh, for sex within marriage, and then the week after that, we're going to look at the distortion of sex outside of the marriage. Week two, we're going to look at the distortion of pornography, and then uh, the last week of the series, we're going to look at the distortion of LGBTQ and all that comes with that. So that's going to be, uh, that is going to be really good. I'm excited. I cannot wait for all of your emails. It's going to be awesome. You can find me at scott.svbc. It's going to be great. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so all that's going to crank up September 10th, so very, very, very excited about that. So for today, uh, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, just going to look at verse 19 just for a moment. Matthew 28, 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I just want you to focus just for a quick second on that first line there. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Uh, you know, there's sometimes there's a debate within church of, okay, do we focus on reaching people here locally, or do we focus on reaching people around the world? And I believe the answer to that question is yes. Right? We seek both. We seek to share the gospel and love people and minister to people right here where we live, where we work, where we go to school. And in addition to that, God has called us around the world. Uh, so question, thinking through this. When you got saved, I mean the whole point of salvation is for you to spend eternity with God in heaven, right? That's kind of an eternal life. So when you got saved, why didn't God just immediately bring you to heaven? Right? Why didn't he just, okay, great. Accepted me, awesome, boom. Why didn't he do that? Because you have a mission on earth. Uh, this verse comes out of a passage of scripture commonly referred to as the Great Commission. Receiving this commission, this, this calling, this mandate, this directive. Of, Here's the mission that I want you to accomplish. And the mission is this. Go into all the world, all the nations. And make disciples of Jesus. And so for us here today, what we want to do is take just a few minutes and speak to this, highlight this, and encourage you when it comes to uh, being a part of missions to the ends of the earth. 
Uh, we've been able to do quite a few trips this year. We did a trip uh, to uh, Bolivia. We did a trip to Hungary. Church did a trip to Kenya. We did a trip to Puerto Rico. Our middle schoolers, now they probably pulled the toughest card. Our middle schoolers took a trip to a very far, strange, and distant land called Robinson County. And, uh, and they survived. So, I mean, if they can go, you can go, right? But we want to take some time uh, today just to kind of highlight some of what God has done in and through God's people right here at Southview to give you kind of an insight on that. So the first trip we want you to uh, see is our trip from Hungary. So watch the screen and see some highlights from the trip. Trouble now, I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever gonna turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? I want to invite some folk from our hungry team to come on up and share just a little bit of their experience. Morning. Uh, my name is Darius Glass. Uh, please forgive my voice. I spent the week on a staff and student retreat with high schoolers and got a little competitive and overzealous in the game. So. Um, so uh, in going to Hungary, it was an absolutely amazing and eye-opening experience. And um, for me, it was kind of the next step in obedience after a lot of years of disobedience. I, I spent a lot of, uh, number of years in the Army, about a decade in the Army, and hid behind my security clearance and, and my job as a reason as to why I, I couldn't go. Um, so as God always has a habit of doing. He convicted me of that and um, put everything in order that needed to happen in order for me to go. And uh, the, the thing that probably stuck out to me the most from the trip, uh, if I could sum it up in two words, would be gospel unity. Uh, from the time that we got on the ground, uh, we met our host, Erica, and uh, her kind of faithful sidekick assistant, Monica, and um, the entire time as they were taking us to the various places we need to go, uh, they, they showed the, the love and kindness that Jesus says are, are, you know, his disciples would be characterized by. Uh, they didn't have much. Uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of the people that we encountered lived on about 400 bucks a month or less, but whatever they had, they gladly shared with us. And um, the, throughout the duration of the trip, one of the, the, the themes, uh, one of the stories of Scripture that kept coming to me under that theme of gospel unity was from the book of Acts. Um, in Acts 10, 34, it says, So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And he goes on to say in verse 42, And he commanded us to preach to the people 
and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Um, so we got a chance to partner with the Hungarian church to take the gospel to kids in schools. Uh, we worked with the Roma people um, at a, an, uh, excuse me, a kindergarten. Um, the Roma, another common name is, is Gypsy, um, very much uh, marginalized members of the community. Uh, but the sweetness and genuineness of these kids um, was absolutely amazingly impactful and, and to have an opportunity to go through the the story of the Bible, the creation, the fall, redemption, and ultimately restoration through Christ um, with them to have some small role in changing their eternity is is beyond words. And if we are the people who are called by God's own name, if we have heard this gospel and have had our hearts gripped, and if it's true, and I think scripture would claim that it is, that it's not God's desire that anyone should perish, but that all should reach repentance, then what a joy it is that we get to go and be part of changing somebody's eternity. So if you're on the fence about it, if you've got a security clearance, there are ways around it. <laughs> um, uh, I, I would encourage you highly to not just pray about whether or not God is calling you to go or when you should go, but ask him why you should stay, why you should not be part of his divine plan to go and potentially change somebody's eternity. Um, the last several years, I've wanted to go on a short-term mission trip, and I honestly, I'd put off getting my passport renewed. I, I, there was always like a reason, you know, things going on. Um, but I, like a year ago, I talked to Karen about the dates, and it fell where it seemed like it would work out. And then six months before the trip, all of that changed, and I, I couldn't see how it was going to work. But I just kept preparing to go, and the Lord put everything in place for me to be able to go on the trip a week before we left. I had my plane ticket, everything prepared, but just wasn't going to be able to go. So the, this trip was such a gift, just being able to... Um, I, in college, I got to go on a short-term mission trip to Budapest also. So, But getting to go back years later, and um, just with new perspectives, and... Um, I just would encourage you, like, areas that you see as your weakness or um, it's, it's like he, he uses everything. He doesn't waste anything that you have walked through or anything that you feel you need to depend on him for. We just got a chance to see his sovereignty just over all kinds of different situations that he worked out, the details. We had diligently prepared and organized and had everything in place and then plans would change, and that makes a lot of us uncomfortable, but he worked out the details for, um, I, feel free to ask me, I'll share more, but um, just one thing, we got a chance to go visit some of the families from that kindergarten that he mentioned, and um, some of them lived in very, um, just the conditions were pretty, they were very different from how you and I live. Um, and these families, you know, had gone to the store and got a bottle of Coke and some packages of cookies. And in the middle of this place where they lived, they, they were just opening their homes. They were so glad that we came. They shared these snacks with us. And um, just, I just can't describe, like, these children are so precious. Their families are, are just working so hard 
Um, there was one family with five children, both parents, all living in one room for over a year in a shelter because they're discriminated against as Roma people. They, they don't have a way of, um, they've tried, they've searched, the father is working. Um, so just to get a chance to share Christ with them and just plant those seeds and make an impact. Um, we, we got a chance to go to a women's shelter. There's all these women living there for various reasons with their children. Um, but it, it was such a beautiful experience. Um, just whatever, whatever thoughts that you would have that would be like arguments about why not to go, it's, it's such a gift. We, we got far more out of this trip than we gave to any of them. And we got a chance to experience God's love for these people. It was beyond just their really cute children or their really sweet people. It was like just him putting his heart for them in us. Um, and we got to worship with our Hungarian brothers and sisters in Christ. And they're singing, singing the same songs that we sing, but in their own language, it was just beautiful. So that's about it. All right. Thank you guys so much. Oh, I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, again, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Are you willing to do that? Another trip that we had this year was to Kenya. Uh, and just an amazing opportunity that uh, uh, our church had to be a part of that. So watch a little bit about our Kenya trip. I want to be your hands and feet. I want to live a life that some of our Kenya team to come up. Get a chance just to hear a minute from them and what all the Lord did. This is Karen. She's our missions leader. So uh, if you ever uh, text in the word mission to find out more about uh, trips or things that we're doing, she's the face behind the email. Um, so uh, get a chance just to hear a little bit from this team and what they were able to be a part of an experience. So who would like to go first? Delegation, that's what she's good at. Yeah. Uh, Karen has been a true blessing in, when it comes to missions and uh, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. Uh, she kind of tracked me down 
But uh, I just want to say that um, for anybody who questions going on a mission trip, place it in God's hands because he makes it work. No matter what your challenges are, he works it out. And I want to say that, you know, these are opportunities that we do get to spread the gospel. I just a short aside, one of the things I do when I'm bathing the grandchildren or whatever is I wash their feet and we go through these sayings. So it's, you know, why do we wash your feet? Because they carry us everywhere. Because little boys' feet stink. And because they're the feet of Jesus. They carry us to do his will. And so as we go out and we have these opportunities, we bless these people, but it, it opens the door for Christ. There were people that, there was one lady who you may have heard it um, already, I don't know. She said she was to the point of committing suicide. She was going to hang herself because she had nowhere to live. And that's what we gave her this year. One thing that we do also is feed the children. And, you know, you can't, you can't feed them spiritually when they're starving physically. And it's just such a blessing to them. But I made a comment to Ron that when I'm there, is a time in my heart and in my life that I am closer to Jesus than any time. It is such a blessing to set the world aside and to be there serving him, being his hands, being his feet, being the love of Jesus that they might not have otherwise known. Uh, my name is Jenny, and I serve on our missions committee here at Southview Baptist. Um, I went on our first mission trip, um, my first mission trip in 2019 to South Africa, um, and I knew that whenever I went on that one that it was not a one and done, that I, I did feel like the Lord um, was calling me into uh, missions, um, and but I didn't know what that looked like. Um, but I had the opportunity to go to our Baptist on Mission missions conference in March, and I recall like a year ago when we all go to the different um, services to to hear about the different mission opportunities. We all come out of our own individual ones, and the one that kept coming from all of us was Kenya. We had to go to Kenya. Because um, there were actually several um, opportunities um, to serve there, but the, the key was Kenya. And uh, so the one we served on was called um, Houses of Hope, um, and it's where we built, essentially built four houses in four, diff in four days. Um, and these were for women that um, were either widowed, um, or single women, and they were just kind of living amongst their village. Most of them didn't have any place of their own, or it was just so um, demolished that it, was, it could cave in on them any day. Um, and so the villagers around know about this opportunity through Pastor Shem, and they vote or they go to him and recommend these people. And so the person that sticks out of my mind and one of the, the things that um, was the most impactful to me while we were there was, was that lady, Monica, that um, Greg just spoke about. Um, because after we built the house each day, we had the, we had the opportunity to, to all gather around inside the home um, where we had a house dedication ceremony. Um, and they introduced us, and, and it was really special the way they introduced us. They said, they come, we, we come from America um, to, help, to help for this cause. And, um, but more importantly than building the house, we were, we were there to share the word of Christ. And that was what was so special to me about this trip, was that we weren't just there um, 
meeting physical needs, but we were there also to share Christ's love and to share the truth with people who may not have otherwise had the opportunity. Because honestly, just us being there um, gives us an opportunity. We were like superstars everywhere we went. I mean, it was, it's really kind of crazy. I mean, they're just so happy to see you. Um, and so Monica, she was down on that mat um, on her knees and just telling us, and they translated her words, and it was that she um, had waited since April. She found out in April she was going to get this home, and we were coming in July. And so she waited all that time. Um, you know, we're home living our lives from April to July, and um, doing those things, and she's there, you know, waiting without a home, um, suffering, and, um, and so I just, I kind of thought, like, what would have happened if we didn't go? What would have happened if we got nervous, or whatever it was? I know that God might have sent somebody else, but I was thankful to be a part of it, um, and then the other thing was the orphanage. Um, while we were there, I don't remember what day it was, but we, if I'm being honest, we were a little bit, we wanted to go to the orphanage, but we were a little bit disappointed to stop the building. I know the men were, <laughs> the men, you know, they get in their zone of building and um, you kind of didn't want to stop. You're like, I want to stay here and help. Like we wanted to help those hard workers that, from the village and Pastor um, Shem's workers build this home. Um, but we, we put up our supplies, handed them over and we said, we'll be back. And we hopped in the van and went to the orphanage and, um, and what we didn't know was the blessing that God had waiting for us there when we pulled up, those little ones. Um, when we pulled up, y'all, I mean, nobody there. It felt like nobody had anything, um, at least the places we were in Kenya. Um, they had to travel and work so hard just for bare essentials. Um, but these kids, they, they were the least of them, right? They, they had nothing. And we pull up, and they're all out there, like, lined up in front of the schoolhouse, and they're just singing, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to meet you and so happy to greet you. Um, and we just sit there and stared at them like, wow. <laughs> like, that, that was such a gift. Like, we weren't even expecting it. And so to get to serve them and, and to be a part of that, it's just such a humbling experience. So I know that we were able to impact their lives in, in um, some physical ways, and I know that we impact many of them spiritually, um, but they certainly impacted our hearts. Um, you leave forever changed. Um, and to look in those children's eyes, you'll, you'll never get over it. Um, and I'll just leave you with this. I read somewhere that God wasn't looking for ability. He's just looking for availability. So I'm, I'm thankful that I made myself available. Uh, my name is Ron Garcia, and uh, this was my first mission trip with the church. And I just want to thank everybody that's given. And, you know, there's three things you can do with missions. You can give, you can go, or you can pray. And so I hope you will engage in one of those because this trip really changed my life. It blessed me. We were all blessed. And you go to a country that their currency is 140 of their dollars to one of our dollars. So... Our mission was we went over there to, each one of us took an extra suitcase, so we carried eight extra suitcases we left over there along with everything, clothes, things to give away, and all that, and so that's what we did. And then we were to build four houses, which cost $400. We took the funds to do that. We, we were able to accomplish that. And that house you saw in the first one with the sticks and the mud getting put in the walls, that's how they build them. Put the sticks in, the tin roof, and then they put the mud, and it dries between the walls, and they put the inside and outside. And so it takes $400 to build a house for somebody. And like they said, the lady Monica, she was 70 years old receiving her first house. And, and of all the people that did get saved there, I know of two for sure. Many others 
uh, Pastor Joshua claimed, uh, and the Lord knows the number, but I was afforded the opportunity to speak at every house dedication. The gospel went out. And Monica said before she wasn't saved, and after we were done, she was saved. And then she, she was just blessed. Her whole village is there, and they, they were uh, engaged with it. Then the, the next one we went to, uh, the lady went out to go, and she wanted to feed us. She sent her son to get some rice in town and then to go. That's what you saw, that chicken in there, that picture with me, was that's for pastor. They, sent, they wanted to send him a chicken, but I said, we can't take that back. So uh, he said, well, you, you, you take this to your pastor and tell him to send more chickens. And so, so then what we did is we decided to give it to Monica because she went, not Monica, the other lady, she went to go find a chicken to feed us. And she had no means, but she, she got a chicken, borrowed it from somebody. They had the, the rice and all that. And in this situation, Pastor Shem said, you guys don't eat here. We'll take one for the team and eat for you because, you know, it was just not a good situation. And so they did. The Kenyans ate the food, told them we were already full. We had eaten. And, uh, but she, she took every little bit she had to try to accommodate us. And then so we, we uh, were able to build the four houses I, I shared in the dedication the one opportunity I did get to do was preach in their church, and uh, that was in the church when I was holding the chicken, and Pastor Shem, who uh, oversees the Houses of Hope, and then Pastor Joshua is the pastor there. Well, um, after speaking there, one particular young man, John Paul, he, you know what, if, if pastor did like they do, they call all the people that are visiting to come forward. If they recognize you as a visitor, they say, come forward and tell us why you're here and what, what you've been in. So, uh, I said, boy, we did that, and we wouldn't have anybody come back. And so uh, they called John Paul Ford, and he said, yeah, I, I've, I've been here. I haven't been uh, uh, much. And he testified that he wasn't saved. He'd heard it. His mom was saved. His brother was saved. And so uh, after I preached, the Lord had given me a message to just speak on him from Deuteronomy about talking about today is a day. Today I have, I have made heaven and earth. I, you choose today which one you're going to. And after that, the Lord just put on my heart to go back to him and say, John Paul, are you ready to get saved today? He said, yes, I am. And so he came forward. He knelt, prayed, and accepted the Lord. And immediately after, immediately after he left church, he was on his way home. He ran across a kid, asked him for food, and he, he thought to himself, and the reason he thought to himself, because those guys over there, they get paid, one, the boss gets paid $10, the other boys, three men, they get paid $5, which is, uh, their shillings, 140 to one. They, they made basically five of American dollars for a whole day's work on working on the house. And, and so every day, the Lord just put on my heart to give them an additional 1,000 shillings, which is like 7 or $8 more. And so they received that. So he had that extra 1,000. And as the kid asked him, he, he thought to himself, and this is what he shared with us the next day. He said, I thought to myself, do I keep this or do I share it? And, you know, that, you can imagine yourself in that situation. Here you are getting money you don't normally get, and you're contemplating, do I keep it or give it? You know, and you, you can't ever outgive the Lord. And so he said, so I inquired, asked him, it was a husband and wife, two kids, and five kids total, two babies and three kids. So he took them, bought them food, and paid for them to get back to their, 
And so he was excited telling us the next day, and I said, look, John Paul, and you received it back because he got another 1,000 shillings from me. Um, I ended up giving them every day they build a house. You know, we built four, so they got. And so um, the Lord used that. He, um, he impressed on us to buy them a motorcycle, which we've already done, so they can get around. Because out of that $5, they pay $1.50 for a taxi to get to work. And, and you know, the, the sad thing is they haven't worked since we've been there. They've only built those. And until people send money for Houses of Hope to build homes, that's when they'll work. And so um, I've been staying in touch with them on a regular basis. It's not left my heart. I plan on going back. And one thing you'll find is if you do commit to missions, you'll, you will be blessed. Like all of us said, we're the ones that were blessed, not them. And so we just thank you for your giving, your commitment to uh, pray for uh, the people of Kenya and other nations that uh, we're ministering to. And, and the great news I've heard from Pastor is that he wants to plan a lot more mission trips that's coming next year. So I pray you'll, you'll get the opportunity to get involved and, and go. And if you can't go, pray or give. Thank you. He told us we could only do three minutes a person. That's not going to work. Um, <laughs> I wanted to take just a few minutes to thank everybody for their prayers. Um, I, I know you probably are familiar with the fact that we had a little complication in our last few days there in Kenya. Um, the, they had a national protest going on, and we were not able to leave our building. We were um, cautioned about doing some things, and there was a lot of gunfire going on in the streets out in front of our, our building. We were nervous, but we were not afraid. We um, took our precautions. We called the um, American Embassy to let us them know that we were there, and they said okay, and we called back, and they had left. So we were there kind of by ourselves. Um, what, when we went to breakfast that morning and we heard all of the gunfire that was going on out in the street and we realized that we might not be as safe as we thought we were because, you know, when somebody shoots a bullet up in the air, it's got to come down somewhere. And we didn't want it to be in us. So we kind of stayed away from the windows and stayed away from the doors, even though some of us had to go peek over the wall and, and use his binoculars. But most of us did what we were supposed to do. Um, but you know, the, the next morning we got up about 3.30, 4 o'clock. We had to leave at 5. We had to leave and get to the airport before they got up while the streets were still empty. We knew that you all were praying for us. We had gotten an email that said that the church was going to be open for prayer. And you all were doing that for us. I don't think anything's ever touched my heart as much as that email did. So, you know, I had decided it was time to call my son and let him know what was going on. And I know everybody else tried to let their family know because we'd been told that if they caught our van on the road that they would probably set fire to the van. So we were trying to get to the airport before people got up and got stirring. When we left, it was so quiet. It was dark and it was quiet. 
and it was quiet in the van. I think all of us probably were praying. And we were dodging the roadblocks that they had set up until we got almost to the airport, which was about an hour away from where we were staying. Um, there was a man in the road with a brick in his hand. Well, the people who were escorting us to the airport gave him some money. And then he came back to our van and started talking to the driver. And I don't know if money was changed hands at that point or not, but he backed away from the van and let us through. And we got to the airport and went in and had a seat with no trouble whatsoever. And we sat there in that, waiting for the um, airport to open up and watch the sun come up that morning. But we knew that you all were praying for us. And we knew that God was watching over us and that he was in the, in the moment. He didn't abandon us. He didn't leave us there. And that we were safe with him. And whatever happened, it was going to be filtered through the hands of God. But when that jumbo jet landed, when we walked out on that tarmac, that was a good feeling to know that we were coming home. But God did take care of us. And he kept us calm. He, we put our trust and our faith in him, and he brought us through. And even with the way our trip ended, I would go back tomorrow if we had a trip. It was a wonderful experience, and I've never felt closer to God at any point in my life than I did that, that, during that trip. And I hope that next year when we start getting people to sign up to go to, to Kenya, that you all will be willing to give it a shot because you won't be sorry. Thank you. Ah, yeah, Ron was reliving his airborne days. So, uh, just an amazing trip. And again, like, like Karen said, talking to everyone uh, that went on the trip when they came back, uh, just best trip ever. Just absolutely loved it. And so um, just amazing to see all that the Lord has done. Uh, also, our youth were able to go uh, this summer on, again, a couple of trips. One of them to Puerto Rico. I want to ask Armand to come up as he's coming up. One more person who was on the Kenya trip who wasn't able to be here today but wants to share their hearts uh, about the trip. Uh, we've got a video. Uh, so you can watch Ethan's video. On our recent mission trip to Kenya, uh, I was very impacted by how little um, the people over there have. Um, they are born into absolute poverty. And it just, it really broke me whenever um, we got done, you know, building for the day, how thankful these people were. And then we were able to um, dedicate the home and up until that point, um, until we came to the village and built the home and dedicated it to them, they had no knowledge of the gospel whatsoever. And I was born into it. And so I was just very thankful and I felt very, very blessed. Yes. Excellent. So I'm Ramon, as the pastor said. And me and my group, me, my father, my group, we all came back from the Puerto Rico mission trip recently. And man, I got to say, it, it's something else. I don't know who has or hasn't been on a, a mission trip like this, but man, 
It's phenomenal. Now, when you think of mission trips, you think about going and performing like miracles, right? And yes, turning water into wine is quite the miracle. We don't really have that capability, right? Shocker. But these things, they're miracles. Water to wine, 40 loaves, 40 fish, miracles. But for us, it doesn't need to be that extravagant. When you're a lonely man with no friends, no family, your kids disowned you, you have nothing. Depravity, you have nothing. And then some, a group of strangers from out of nowhere come to your house and they say to you, we want to clean up your yard. What would that man even think? What does, how do you process that when all your life is, is why would anyone do anything for me? I'm nothing. And he asked us this. He said, why would you come all the way, fly six, eight hours just to, to help some, someone you don't know? And we told him, well, I love God. God loves you. And in turn, I love you. And, and, and this was very foreign to them. They didn't understand this. Why would, why would you go out of your way to help someone you'll never see again? And... It's because over there, the kindness, the love of God, it's, it's foreign to most people. It's foreign. Just picking up trash, cleaning away someone's house, small things, they mean everything over there. We met a little girl, six years old. Her name was Emmalise. She was in the, the VBS program with uh, our youth pastor, Pastor Ryan, and she, like the man, had nothing. Nothing. But the pastor's wife, whom we were staying with, decided to drive the little girl back and forth from church. Now, her mother wasn't too fond of this idea, but anything to get away from her kid, she would take the opportunity like that. So, they drive her back and forth, back and forth. And over the time, Emelise is telling Ryan about this. And Ryan sees the poverty in, in all of this. And, and they get a really close bond. But on the last day, right before we were able to leave, off the island, Ryan walks away to the van, and the little girl walks up to him. And she gives him the only thing she had a small stuffed cow. Now, that's just a stuffed animal. To me, to you, to anyone else, it wouldn't matter. It's a stuffed animal. $3, $4, who, who really cares? But to that little girl, to that little child, that is all she had. And she decided to give it to him because he made such an impact on one little girl that she gave him everything. Sounds very familiar to what God did to us, gave his only son to die for us. And now what do we do? After this great, beautiful sacrifice, we just don't do anything. I'm not meant for missionary work. I'm great commission is for someone else. That's us. All of us. I'm worried. Uh, it's dangerous over there. I don't know anything. Why would you worry? 
Why would you be stressed? We are the sons and daughters of the living God. Why do you worry? What are you afraid of? We are the chosen ones that God has chosen for other people. And now you're afraid? No. No. I'm just, I'm really glad that we were able to do this amazing trip. And that just one, one person, one little girl, if, uh, if everything else was useless and we helped that one person, only God knows what could happen. The smallest, the smallest ripple turns into the biggest wave. So if we can impact only one person, what, if, what, what happens? We don't know. All we need to do to show and just live out the glory of God, all we need to do is try. That's it. Because he has us in his grasp. All that is done is for his glory. So how could we fail? <sighs> uh, I wouldn't mind if you all would be able to pray for us as uh, we begin to close out. Dear Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that I had the honor and the privilege to be just another tool of your, your almighty will, Lord. Lord, I, we see what we have and we see what, the, what, what others don't have. And we're, we're almost content living like this, Lord. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that you've showed me and my fellow missionary friends that with you all is possible. Nothing is beyond reach because you are with us. You are there for us, Lord. And I just, I lift up all the children, Kenya, Hungary, Puerto Rico, all the people, the hungry, the thirsty, Lord. They drink, they, they need the spiritual water of life, Lord. And I'm just so, so thankful that you've allowed us to be tools for you, Lord, because that's what matters. That's what matters, Lord. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful, Lord. That's all I can say. I'm so thankful. something different. All right, we're going to go back and we're going to re-sing uh, the song, The Heart of Worship, because it is that that drives everything, right? It is that that drives the mission field. It is that that drives the desire to um, live like Christ and, and to help others, which is good and right and true. So we're going to sing that again as a reminder to ourselves, right? Who it is that we worship, why we worship Him. And I pray that through that, through these, the next few minutes, that God would simply continue to reveal himself to us and that you and I would rest and wait on God, ponder God, whether you sing, whether you stand, whether you sit, whether you pray, 
it doesn't matter so much as long as our hearts are directed towards um, our living creator. So stand if you want, sit and reflect, whatever you need to do right now, let's sing. Sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. When it's so 